Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Capital Command Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles. Everybody say a prayer for Juan. He is not here this evening. He is traveling uh, for work. But we do have Jim here, so don't worry. The door is secure. He is not. Praise God. He is not letting anybody unauthorized into the studio. Um, we have a very special guest. You almost didn't let Robert in. Yeah. Oh. Which would be close. Well, I close. had to win that chess game against, against your Luke. son. That was yeah. my entrance fee. <laughs> <laughs> that, we were sweating it out. <laughs> I wasn't going to make it. I lost my queen early. <laughs> Playing a like a nine-year-old who... When as an adult, if you don't play chess regularly, yeah. and then if you play it like a nine-year-old who does, but you don't know that, right. it's sort of like approaching a heavy door, yeah, that you don't know is heavy, right? You know, you start to go to open it, and then you like kind of pull look, your face into the door, look a little you're weak, like, and you're like, right, uh, listen, I am stronger than this. <laughs> you know? This is not normally what happens. <laughs> right. I promise, I can't open this. <laughs> Just watch, yeah. you know. Uh, but then it's like too late. Yeah, Your pride has already been, is been, been injured, right? Rush straight to the counselor. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, we did not uh, officially introduce you. Uh, we have Father... No, not Father. Not Father. Not Father. No, Seminary. not even Deacon. Bro. Not, not even Deacon, deacon Nothing. There's nothing special about just me. Just like yeah. us. He's just like We us. have Son of God. That's right. Uh, the most important. Robert Williams from the Diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma. You are headed back to Italy yep. here in just a couple... One week. One week. One week. One week from today. So I'm really glad you were able to come and hang yeah. out with us for... This providential. Is, this is very providential because Dave and I both had said, we need to get him on the show while he, like during the summertime while he's yeah. here... And then I just like it's always I, like, I, a, I, like you blink, blink and like right. the, and the summer's, the summer's gone. It's gone. Yep. Exactly. Um, and then so you've been uh, at our parish yep. at Saint Church of Saint Benedict in Broken Arrow uh, this summer, and so you've been serving. You served with or Lucas served Mass with you. Yeah. Which is uh, he was he, he was, was so he proud. Was he so was pretty jazzed. I know. That. I was like, wow, I didn't realize. Yeah, he's been he is pumped about uh, serving Mass. It's um, great, great kid. Yes, and, and so um, so anyway, when we heard, oh yeah, and. Uh, Robert will be heading back to to uh, to Italy in a week and a half. We're like, what? I cannot believe it's already happened. Yeah. So I'm glad glad you're here. Yeah, the Lord knows what He's doing. He yeah, knows what He's about. Or maybe not. It we'll does, see. It we'll does. See. That does in fact appear to be the case. Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll see. After the show, you can decide. <laughs> I've had moments where I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> but then later on, I realize, oh, you did. You did it. You <laughs> sly God. Oh. <laughs> Uh, okay. See what I did there? Instead of slide dog, guy. I put it back, flipped it. Dyslexic. That's yes. it. You're dyslexic there. That's right. So I had, arguably, one of the best weeks of my life this last week. Really? Yeah. Wow. By okay. the order of grace, it's hard to argue 
It wasn't one of the best weeks of my life. I'm not going to say it was the best week of my okay, life. Let me, I'm just putting my like, whiskey glass down. and I'm gonna, Like I'm, the day you get baptized, mm. like it doesn't matter what else happens to you the, for the rest of the week. Mm. That's or, the best. Or your week. life. Yeah. But I'm saying like, all right, what's the best <laughs> week? Well, it's probably the one you were baptized. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. became a new cr- creature in God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was the first week ever that I know of. I went to mass every day. Wow. And when, for, like, all, no, all, all week. When I was in the hospital, I think I received communion every day, but I didn't go to Mass every day. So that's like pretty good. But that's awesome. Went to Mass every day. Never done that before, as far as I know. For a whole week. For a whole week. That's something that's I definitely pretty, take for granted. Because as a seminarian, it's like, oh, I missed a day. Yeah. Shame on me. You get the whip yeah. out. You're like, why, right. <laughs> why did I, how did I miss that day? Well, when I was thinking about it, it's like, what? Every day. I've never gone to Mass seven days in a row before. I don't think so. So wow. I feel I'm ashamed and also psyched. Yeah. Ride a grace train. Right. I'm doing it. Nice. It's awesome. Congratulations. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Also. <laughs> <laughs> For bringing the holiness tonight. <laughs> okay. So uh, this evening we poured a, a glass, a dram of Wyoming whiskey double cast. Double cast. I didn't yes. see that. So Wyoming whiskey ha- was a, a American whiskey that we... 100 proof. That we tried, I don't know, it has to be maybe a year ago. Could be. Yeah. Uh, and we were very shocked at how... Because it was like, like 35 w- bucks. And it was also wow. really, really That's good. really cheap. Right. And so good. It was it was delicious. And so when I saw the double cask, I was like, well, we... Wow. I think it's... I think is we it should pretty, try is it. Is it pretty easy to find? Is it at most liquor stores? No, uh, or no not it's really? not no, easy not to find. Not here in Oklahoma. Okay. Probably hard to find in Rome. That is for sure. I don't think the distribution has made it to Rome yet. You'd be surprised. With Amazon now, you can order it (laughs) off Amazon in Italy, but I don't think Wyoming ships to to Rome. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, Wyoming whiskey is still a relatively small outfit. They're, I'm sure, growing every year. Sure, yeah. um, So it's like one of those things when you do find it, buy as much of it as you can because in another couple years, it's not going to be $35. Exactly. You know, it's going to be like $45, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it'll be 60 before you know it. And you're going to, you're going to like tell your kids when I was young, it's like the band you knew before anyone else. That's right. And then all of a sudden, really now a concert's $120 to go to. Are you kidding me? I saw you at Kane's for $10. I knew you when you were no one. Yeah. Do I, can I get a discount? Because (laughs) I bought bought a t-shirt a long time (laughs) ago. You know, uh, so this one double cast, so it, it, the uh, oak, but then there's also it's finished in a sherry cask, so it's, mm. it's gonna be a little sweeter, no, which is I, nice. I'm a fan of the sherry finish, yeah. it'll be nice because, especially if it's 100 proof, which is strong for, for a bourbon, uh, it'll be nice to have a little bit of the sweetness. Hopefully, sure. it'll count kind of counter the, the alcohol sting. So, uh, we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So, raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers, 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 Jimbo. Cheers, Jim. Yeah. So the the nose is very familiar mm. uh, of the Wyoming whiskey that I recall, you know, when we had it because it has that very vanilla, strong, yep. um cinnamon, sweet caramel smell because I remember that from the Wyoming whiskey <laughs> itself. To but me, it on, does have the, the hint of sherry on the nose. It's like, "Oh yeah, you can smell that's 100 proof." Mm-hmm. But then when I go to taste it, it doesn't taste hundred. I, I was expecting. No, I was expecting a cough, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> expecting like, more aggression. Right. Uh, but it actually it's nice. It, it goes down a lot like Wyoming whiskey, 
But but I do very, appreciate the uh, very dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> I do appreciate the sherry at the end. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah, and that like cinnamon in there is really nice. Uh-huh. It is kind of like on the front of the tongue. It's good. It ends nice and smooth, not kinda too hangs, strong. Hangs out with you for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that's that's what I want out of a bourbon right there. Yeah, this is it, this, really oh, good. This tastes a little more winter to me. Than it has like a summer. little bit more cooler. Like, to me, yep. I feel like little like I want to throw like a sweater on by the fire. Maybe a cardigan. A car- well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That, that's that Father John Fincher thing. That's not a me thing. Oh, uh, yeah. He's got and, mad cardigan game. Father David Carvajal as well. Yeah, that's uh, true. I'm not sure I'm not sure who, who wore it first, right? But I mean, I'd be on the Father Fincher side of that debate, but okay. I'm also, okay. he was my roommate in college. Right, so yeah. It's, it's, I'm biased, but, but uh, no, this is good. Okay, really so, tell, good. so tell us, how, how, where are you in the seminary process? Yep. Uh, where were you before you entered seminary? Yeah. A little bit of your backstory. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, so I so I grew up here in Broken Arrow. Actually, I went to the the other church growing up in Broken Arrow, yeah. uh, St. Anne's. And then when I was about six or seven, my family started going to Holy Family Cathedral downtown, and I served Mass a lot there. And that's kind of really where I fell in love with the Catholic faith and serving. And um, and then grew up, went to college, went to Benedictine College, played college soccer there for a little bit, and kind of had a deeper. I mean, I don't say like a conversion because I was practicing, but kind of a deeper reversion to faith mm-hmm. and then and got involved with a group called St. Paul's Outreach. So I did mission work with them. They're kind of like Focus, if you've heard of Focus, um, just basically being an evangelist on college campuses. So I did that for four years after college. And it was while doing that that I kind of experienced the fruitfulness of spiritual fatherhood and just kind of really not only experienced this call from the Lord to be entirely his and to kind of have the grace for celibacy, and really experienced this hunger for having Christ be sufficient for everything. Um, and then as I was kind of like, okay, I need to take, and stay, take a step in celibacy, it was kind of where and what, and, and kind of with my spiritual director discerned Dawson priesthood and to go back to the Diocese of Tulsa, because I hadn't really been around for about eight or nine years at that point. Um, and so, yeah, then I got applied, talked to Father Pratt, got accepted, and was sent to Kendrick Glennon. And so I was in St. Louis for two years, did pre-theology, because I had an undergrad in business from Benedictine, um, so hopefully that'll help in the future. I won't be like Absolutely. totally blind in the dark at finance will. I'm council sure meetings. That will help. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. But uh, but then after two years of pre theology, so that's basically doing kind of the equivalent of a bachelor's in philosophy in two years, then I the bishop asked me if I'd be willing and well, I mean he's the bishop too, so it's not so much like, Are you willing? It's like I'm gonna send you to Rome. What do you think about that? Okay, Bishop, whatever you say. Yeah. Um, so I've been there that now is for... The right, that's the right That answer. is the right... You I mean, got it. You got it. That's yeah. the only answer. It was a test and you it was a know test. it. <laughs> I passed. <laughs> I don't know about passing the other tests in well. seminary, but I passed that one. Um, so then he's... Yeah, I've been in Rome now. I just finished my first year and then came back this summer, which is kind of atypical. Usually guys go for two years, but Bishop had me come back just to kind of be around the diocese, which I was really grateful for, just to be back around the people and the place that I'm discerning to be a spiritual father. Eat barbecue. Eat great barbecue. Get away from pasta for about... You know, I've had pasta every day for 11 months, so it's really nice to, when you ask me, like, well, for dinner tonight, what, what do you, have any food allergies? I was like, yeah, I have an emotional allergic reaction to pasta if you serve it. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, so it's been here for the summer at St. Benedict, and I have three more years till I'm ordained a priest. So I just finished Theology 1, going into Theology 2. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. and then, so that means, uh, what, in two years you'll be, you'll be go to the transitional deacon? Yep. Ordained, two years ordained. will be ordained deacon, and then a year as a deacon, and then priest. And then with the Rome, I'll finish a license degree, so I'll go back another year mm-hmm. after. It uh, is a little bit weird ordained. to be, get ordained a priest and then I go know. back to seminary. I know. You know. It's not, not normal, but it's the way it's set up. So. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to talk about prayer this evening. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit of what St. Thomas Aquinas says about prayer. Uh, what is prayer? Uh, and then ways that we can ensure that our prayers are being heard and answered. 
So we'll be right back. Hey guys, as most of you know, we're going on a Catholic Man Show pilgrimage this year in September to Ireland with Father Sean Donovan as our chaplain celebrating the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every single day. We're going to go to Our Lady of Knock Shrine. We're going to go to the best local pubs in Ireland. We're also going to go on some private distillery tours that only our pilgrimage is going to get to go on. Only the people who are going with us. The due date uh, to sign up is in just a few days. And we have just a few spots left. And we want you to come with us. Join us on a trip of a lifetime to Ireland. We go to Holy Sites. We try the best beer and the best whiskey in Ireland all together. It's going to be a blast. Join us. Go to thecatholicmanshow.com to find out more information. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan. We're joined by seminarian Robert Williams. Thanks for being here, Robert. Yeah, glad is, to be here. Is it true, in fact, that the answer to every question in seminary is Jesus? <laughs> yeah, you, especially if you're trying to give an answer in Italian, then yeah. Just, <laughs> Jesus Christus. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer. Um, I mean, hopefully you learn more than that in six, seven years of seminary, but yeah. it's always a safe it, place to start. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, because I've heard that that's true. Yeah. So I, the other day I had this revelation mm. that oh. in seminary you, a you David realize, revelation is you always, find out the answer to every question is Jesus, and then you go and you become a priest and you realize the answer to every question is the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that is kind of the way it is. The way it is? There's Which, two pictures here. What's the difference? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> I took a Trinity class, son. I, I don't know if I could answer it. <laughs> I would have answered it before the class. After the class, yeah. I realized like, I have no uh, idea. That's one of those things like, how could there be a right answer? It's a mystery. Like, can't I just say that and get out of the yeah. test? Like, I'm wise in my knowledge of I don't know. It's like yeah. you tell your professor, I don't know. What do you think the answer <laughs> yeah, exactly. is? Exactly. <laughs> I'll let you be the heretic. Yeah, start yeah, talking right. about the Trinity too long. You become a heretic real quick. I mean, yeah. like, I'm not going to do the whole Clover thing. All right? Because... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Patrick. You know, sketchy waters. Well, is. plagiarism never goes off well in a homily. <laughs> no. So. no, I thought that's basically all homilies were. Uh, depending, I mean, ideally not, but I guess it depends. Once on the you're or, once you're ordained, it's Everything, totally fine. Everything's in the public domain. What are they going to do? Fire you? <laughs> I mean, they could. There's a way. Okay, they could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, you're listening to the Catholic Man Show. If you don't know what you're listening to, that's what it is. Uh, please go and support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. If you do, we haven't talked about it in a while. A while? Yeah. If you support us on Patreon for only $10 a month, we'll send you one of these. This is our Glen Karen glass, laser etched with lasers with the Catholic Man Show logo on it. <laughs> this, this glass is dishwasher safe. Wow. I put mine in the dishwasher all the time, and I've never had one break. Uh, I know that like it's glass, it can break, but it is dishwasher safe because they're for men, and like dudes don't want to hand wash stuff. So ridiculous. Anyway, go and support us, Catholic uh, Patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. Okay. Great great content. Thank you, Jim. Jim is really nailing it today. Yes, Adam. We have great content. Yeah, so if you're for Patreon members, we've got all kinds of uh, resources there. We did a like. 
18 part series no, 18 hour 18 hour series series with carlo broussard on the five ways by wow. thomas aquinas it was deep dive. I mean, he like it was went in systematically. Yeah, premise by premise. And he he, uh, right. he he put he, he created a, a handouts for for us and for our patrons like to go through and walk through it with us. Wow. So I mean, it really was awesome. It was, and so it's like, oh, I get the five ways now. I like, see how they're well, essay similar. And essence how they're and, uh, I, yeah, essay and essence. Yeah, yeah, I'm just and essentially they all come back to that same argument, the same template. Yeah, yeah, it's that, like the same template, a variety of forms of right, argument. That, okay, God is the being whose essence and essay. Are the same. same. The same. Mm-hmm. And he started everything. He started the motion. Looks like jump, you jump looks on like the you've train. seen the series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You participated quite well in that series. I did, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> go check it out. There's a bunch of other stuff there too. Bunch stuff of stuff uh, from Pat yeah, Flynn. Interviews that we did we did we had interviews with Bishop Olmstead, which are pretty epic. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Scott Hahn interviews on there. We wow. Do. We got stuff. We got right. stuff. So we go, go go check it out. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about prayer. Uh Robert. I'm just curious on your relationship with Jesus. This is hmm. what I want. I want to know your relationship with Jesus. Uh, uh, how's your prayer life? <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, well, I didn't know we're going right to that depth, but let's go. Um, my personal and where prayer is life? it lacking? I want to know. Where <laughs> where is it lacking? <laughs> let's. I used to always and be very specific. What did be you say? Very specific. When, whenever word I would, for word whenever in your I would, last confession. Yeah. Whenever I would lead small groups with college guys, I'd always end it with, okay, anything else anyone doesn't want to share? <laughs> and they'd all kind of wait for a second. They'd get it. And they'd be like, oh, uh-huh. I see you did there. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what you need to share. Right. Um, gosh, I don't know. Prayer life. You just want me to talk about kind of my prayer, how I go yeah, about it. Yeah, what does prayer, 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 prayer mean? Because we're going to talk, so we're going to yeah. talk about uh, some of the ways that Aquinas talks about right. how to ensure that your prayer is, sure. is going to be answered. And right. I want to make sure before we start that we're not setting this up as a... A dichotomy of this is a trans. You do this, Jesus does this, sure. like a transactional type of prayer, formulaic. Sure, sure. Yeah, because that's not what it is. Yeah, and even so though a lot of prayers are literally formulaic. Form, form, sure, formulaic. Yeah. But yeah. maybe we yeah. start out with like, what is yeah. prayer? And, and, and well, I mean, I think for me, the the way that I would define it is that prayer is receiving the relationship that God is desperate to give me with Himself. So it's setting aside time in my day to receive him and so it's relational it's a relational uh conversation and you hear that a lot when people define prayer but that's really been my experience of it is being taking in a, a set aside time to actually make space for god to give me himself in a way that then animates all the rest of my life so to be able to become aware of his affection for me his care for me but also the ways he needs to like poke me prod me push me in the different directions point out here's where you're, you're not really shaping up um that then fuels and and enlightens or kind of makes more vivid all the other moments in my life in between those set aside times of prayer um, and at least in my experience in the last number of years seven eight years as i've been really trying to pray deeply i've started to find that he's uh, formed in me a capacity to notice him not just in my prayer time but that that dialogue becomes more regular and in ordinary things and so i think it develops in many ways like any other relationship like with you would with like a spouse or a good friend where you you establish kind of a set aside time where you're building relationship and then it becomes something that is natural and regular and like you would with your own wives where it's like a every day all the time there's a deeper and more communion with them um, so for me, it's about that. I mean, that's the fundamental way I'd relate or talk about prayer is relationally. That's the place where I go to be fed, to experience relationally what God's trying to be, give me uh, through his son, through the sacramental life especially, but but that also set aside that time that then animates all those other moments um, in my life. So, I'm so glad you said that. I think that so much, like, especially that part about that conversation. And 
I agree that a lot of people will kind of talk about prayer and it comes, it sounds cliche or, you know, like basic, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, this is basic prayer. Uh, but it's so true. People don't realize or they don't believe or whatever that if you really work on and try to develop a prayer life, that Christ will actually speak to you. Yeah. Uh, not maybe in the like audibly, you know, or, or like not like you're going to have a locution and sure. you see Christ before you. Maybe you will. Right. But um, it, it's so incredible, like those moments where you're go- coming to him, you know, and then you just receive the answer. You, re- you know, you get what you're looking for and it's like really he's talking to you, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people, I think even people who pray committed to prayer, they don't actually go into it with that faith or that expectation, mm. you know, and like they should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Robert. So you had dinner with us this evening. So you yeah. had, uh, you get to experience the chaos of the Minahan. Oh, it's great. Uh, household. <clears throat> but in, and, and Leo, my youngest, he's, he's two. Uh, he was there this evening, you know, and he was watching you intently, watching the conversation. And so one of the things that I, I thought about in adoration not too long ago was Leo, my my youngest, will sit there and listen to us, yeah. right? And then he tries to interject. He tries to say things. He tries to participate, yeah. right? And he'll, say, he'll almost say things that we're saying without even knowing, right? Yeah. But, but this is how he learns the language, right? right? So he sits there and listens, and then he tries to interject. He tries to talk back, and then, yeah. he, and then he, he tries to uh, repeat words that we're saying. Mm. Well, in adoration, we're doing the exact same thing, right? Mm. Is that... Christ is, is allowing, you know, Christ speaks in silence. This is his language. And so by spending time with Christ in adoration, we are literally doing what my two-year-old is doing with us, trying to learn the our English language, but learning the language that Christ speaks, yeah. which, is, which is silence. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. That was something that I just thought about the other day and thought it was very apl- applicable to, to my family since I've sit there and watch Leo 100%. do this all the time, every day. <laughs> and, and, it, and it strikes me too that <clears throat> that points to the necessary prerequisite to have a real sincere prayer life, which is the humility to receive God on his terms. So if you think about even with your kids, there's a way that kids can get frustrated whenever you say no to something or mm-hmm. like they ask for something and you say no, like when we were having dessert and we're eating some candy and then finally that moment came where you as the father with mm-hmm. the vision for their whole life that they can't see mm-hmm. said, no, we're done with candy now. Right. Um, because you're seeing the whole plan where they, they lack that formation mm-hmm. still. And so similarly with our prayer, it can be hard at the beginning because we're learning how to begin to have our father's vision for us. And that takes time to learn that language of the father's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we need a lot of humility to be open to receive that and be schooled in that. And especially for us men, it's hard because we like to be in control. Right. I like to, I want to have a plan. I want to know and be in charge of my life. So to be open to that and be humble enough to receive God on his terms takes time. You have to mm-hmm. become childlike again, which mm-hmm. is not comfortable for us. Mm-hmm. So, And also you feel like, you know, we're... And, and I th- sorry, let me just jump in. Sure. And I think that you know what those things are. Mm. You know, when you go to pray, there are things that you need to let go of. Um, because you notice, at least I, this is what I, I notice in myself as I'm praying. Oh, kind of like, oh, avoid that. Don't, mm. don't think about it. Right. Because, and then I'll kind of reflect on that. Wait, why did I sort of skip over that idea or topic? Ah, that's because I know if I think about, you know, like pray about this, I might have to let go of it. Mm, yeah. And I don't want to do that. Yep. Exactly. I, I actually want to hang on to that. 
And, you know, I'm afraid... This is the lizard in the back, right? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what it is. I'm afraid if I offer this to Christ, he might say... Okay, give, you know, it, to give it to me. Right. right, exactly. And I want to keep it. Yeah. Now, he might not ask me to give it. He might say, like, yes, you know, I want you to have this thing or whatever, you know. But you you know those things, what they are when you're praying, if you are honest about it, right? Um, and those are the things that you really need to bring. Yep. Yeah. Well, and we're also just so utilitarian, right? Like, so we think like, oh, well, I want to go to adoration and I want to receive this back. I want to get this transaction back, right? I want this to be a productive productive time. But, you know, just like this this analogy, Leo just sits there and and listens. He doesn't even understand what's happening most of the time. Right. But over time, he starts learning more and more and starts understanding them, being able to participate into the conversation. Yep. All right, well, we're, we'll, we'll uh, pick this up on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. More than 60,000 men from around the world have journeyed through Exodus 90 together with their brothers. Priests, bishops, singled men, married men, Catholics, non-Catholics alike. One of the things we love receiving are emails from guys who signed up to do Exodus 90 through the Catholic Command Show and let us know how much freedom they have experienced once they go through the program. And it makes sense, right? Here's how it works. And these are the things that we talk about all the time on the Catholic Man Show, which is why we love promoting Exodus 90. They have three pillars. The, a pillar of prayer, a pillar of asceticism, and a, a pillar of fraternity. And through those three pillars, they help men grow closer to Christ, to their spouse, to their children, and to their friends. Closer to that man that God has called them to be. So go check out Exodus 90. They have Exodus 90 Lent as well. It's Exodus90.com slash TCMS for the Catholic Mantra. TCMS. Thank you to Exodus90 for being a sponsor of the Catholic Mantra. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Talking about prayer this evening with seminarian Robert Williams. He's going back. Uh, to Italy to study in a week and a half. Keep him in your prayers. Yes, please. Um, okay, so we kind of talked about a little bit of what is prayer, what, like what you consider prayer. Right. Uh, we're going to talk ab- uh, about what Aquinas says are, are four things that will ensure your prayer is answered. Okay, um, and in so the second part of the second part of the Summa is about my like if you're going to start reading the Summa, I think that's like is there another part of the Summa? <laughs> Almost a hundred percent of the time, when I hear someone quote the Summa, it's the second part of the second part. It's like, well, is if that you're talking about? Is the grace s- the first part of the second part is really good? Maybe it's like, oh, but, the Summa subtitle Secunda Secunda. It's just the most fun to say, and it's like it that's just the subtitle of the whole book. Is right. what well, it this sounds is what, like. Yeah. It's right. all the second part yeah. of the second part. Well, this is all you know the the practical side of theology. You know, right. like how, oh, yeah. how to application. Put, you, it's like application, right? Right. Exactly. How to live the virtuous life? What is happiness? What is you know? What does it mean to live the good life? The what other is, parts are good too. Yeah, they're right. all good. Like just whole, nobody you know, wants to talk about them. <laughs> well, the first part is pretty cool. It's like all about angels and things like that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. God's yeah, the metaphysical reality doesn't make sense. Doesn't fit on Twitter as well. No, it's not. It's not a 240 characters, right? Uh, but so in the second part, the second part, uh, I think I believe it's uh, question 89. He talks about prayer, like the, 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 that part is where he's talking about prayer, and he, he actually lays out four ways in which we can ensure our prayer is being answered. Now that's kind of a 
like you you'd mentioned before, sure, it's kind of a, a clickbaity type of title. Sure. Uh, but if we are praying, we want to you know we want to make sure that we actually do pray well. Yeah. You know, um, in order to um, dive deeper into a relationship with Christ, right? Right. So like you you have vocal prayer, you have mental prayer, you have uh, contemplation. Uh, there's m- multiple different types of prayer, and then. What is the most perfect prayer? Obviously, the Lord's Prayer. He's already given that to us. Right. Why is that the case? Because it basically sums up all of the Bible in one like prayer that he gives us. Uh, but so as we're praying, it's like, what do I want to make sure uh, that I'm doing in order to unite my will with his will? Because, right, it's kind of like what you said earlier. Is like, what we want to do in prayer is like, deny ourselves, basically just figure out what, what is his will. Mm-hmm. I, I only want, only you, only you, Lord. Um, and so the first thing that he says is he talks about like if you're gonna start praying for something, it needs to be uh, it needs to be necessary for your salvation, which I think is very um, appropriate. So right. like wisdom, for instance. Sure. Yeah. Because you know you might say, well, how do I know if something? I'm not. I don't have the all-knowing vision of God. How do I know if something is necessary for my salvation? Well, uh, there are things that you can know. Uh, okay, like. Well, what's your vocation, okay? Because right. doing your vocation well is one of the things that's necess- going to be what we would call necessary for your, for your salvation. Can you be the worst dad in the world and still go to heaven? Yes, because mercy is always there. But, uh, you know... But your wife wouldn't appreciate it. No, exactly. <laughs> well, she'll be way up higher. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no <I> mean, doubt. <laughs> no doubt. This is her retirement plan. That's like, right. <laughs> that's right. But, you know, do it, like living out your vocation, these are things that God is calling you to Mm-hmm. Right or wisdom, you know, growing in virtue. These things are all what we would call necessary for your for your salvation. Right. There's no discernment necessary. Right. When you're asking for that, it's like yeah, yeah. You can ask, pray for that, like, and there's no problem. Yes, I do need to grow right. in charity. Absolutely. You know? Okay, right. so it can be things like that. Just because I think when you that it needs to be necessary for your salvation. What does that mean? Okay. Well, it might mean other things as well. You know, it right. might mean taking it one job versus another. I mean, but. You can't know that. You may yeah. not have the foresight. Right. Yeah. So, but some things we can know. Well, I think that's where I would say Thomas is presuming a premise that, you know, maybe not actually everyone would presume, which is um, g- what God's ultimate vision is. Like, what is salvation? Well, it's eternal beatific vision. It's communion with God forever in heaven. So there's all these practical particulars in my life, over my life, that might be a means to that end, that I might be praying for, like, material things or different things. And those things are good to pray for, but insofar as they're to that end, because that's what God's working for more than anything. He works with the material. He works in the spiritual. He works with all of creation because he made it and he can do that. It's who he is as being itself. But he's always, his first and only goal is for you to be in eternal communion with him through the son in the power of the spirit forever. And there's a million ways that's going to be played out. Loving your spouse, you know, providing for your family, material Mm -hmm. needs, et cetera. But that's like the underlying premise of, God's ultimate goal in answering your prayers is you being with him forever in heaven. That I think makes that first premise a little clear of, okay, that's the end goal. So I'm free to ask for anything, but God is always going to be working for that end. You know? Because he, he's like ridiculously in love with us. Right. Which is mm-hmm. mind blowing. I just yeah. love it. Just, he's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is why, so this part is tethered so well with an examination of conscience. Right, because in order to add, you know, to understand, like, well, what should I be praying for, like, in the virtuous life? Should I be praying for more wisdom? Should I be praying for, you know, more fortitude, more temperance, and such? And such? You have to know yourself. You have to know where am I strength? Where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? So I think that this whole uh, the praying for what's necessary for salvation is tethered very closely to 
making sure you're having a daily examination of conscience. Yeah, yeah. And your daily examination of conscience is not going to be fruitful if you also don't have daily time in prayer. Right. Essential. It, it all. It's a circle. It all. You got to have it all. Circle of life. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Be, okay. So you want to just go on? And, yeah. What's and, number two? Okay. So number two. This one's the, the one I think that may Shock. be jarring. Shock. Yeah, it may jar, may jar some. This is some the one people. that surprised me the most of the list. Okay, so uh, he says it has to be the, the prayer has to be for yourself because God's selfish. <laughs> yes, that's why. That's exactly what he says. Right. Um, so uh, so <laughs> just so I mean, what what did you think? For when people you, don't know that I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> um, so what what did you think when you read that? Well, th- it surprised me, but then. Um, you know the article that did you mention where that this is like from an article like that's pulling from so this is an Alatea article that you got this from and so they just kind of briefly mention how um, Thomas says that uh, salvation is not merited by uh, the work of another person right yeah. and not and I, I say that as if salvation is not merited by your own works either right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not so, that nothing that somebody else can do. To get you to heaven, right? There is something that you can do to get to heaven, right? And that's accept Christ's mercy, live in His church, you know, stay, remain in a state of grace. So you can do those things, and so pray. You cannot know. We can't know. This is what it, the rationale is. You can't know that praying for goods, spiritual or otherwise, for another person, God is necessarily going to do that, because maybe that person isn't open to receiving those goods, those gifts, right? right? Preserving their free will. Exactly. They have free will. Exactly. They don't have to receive that. Now, God hopefully will answer, you know, he very likely will hear that prayer, you know, especially if it's, once again, a father praying for something for their for his children, mm-hmm. okay, or for your wife, or for, you know, like, you know, like the order of family, or a like by virtue of authority, even yeah. like a boss praying for um, like one of his employees. Okay, like there's something to that that's different from praying for the dude on the street or whatever. Like they're all good prayers, but they're like natural authority carries real consequences. Yep. In other ways, right? The spiritual reality as well. And two things that strike me with that is <clears throat> one praying for yourself in regard to inherently when you're making a request of God and you're praying for yourself, there's a surrender to the Lord, which is actually, I'm giving my free will over. It's like, Lord, I, I'm asking for this for me. And then there's an openness there to the Lord that that's everything that is in your control is part of that conversation. And like we said, we can't control the free will of another. And then secondly, I'd say a thing that is painful, there's a pain in praying for another, especially if they don't respond. You could pray your whole life for your son or daughter or family member and there is no conversion and that's because they're free will. They're open to reject God's grace um, and maybe the fruit of your prayer. But one of the blessings is it still helps your own relationship with the Lord. So there's a blessing in that, that it you begin to have the Father's heart for another. Like that's a, a good prayer for a child is so close to the Father's own heart for the world. And so there's a way you're growing. It's efficacious for your relationship with God. But then also it testifies to your love for that person. And I think there's a great line from this book I just read from Michael O'Brien that talks about like, um, a, a, like a filled heart or a whole heart is wholly, wholly broken or fully broken. And there's something true to that, that God's heart is the most broken heart for the world. And he's desiring so desperately for all of us to come to him. And so to pray and intercede for another helps us experience his heart 
the way that he loves others. Um, but we can't force people to receive grace. Right. So mm -hmm. there's a surrender in that, learning to surrender to God's providence and it's, entrust those people to God's mercy because he's working harder than we ever could for them. And that surrender, it teaches us humility, Yep. right? Because when you mm -hmm. pray for something that inherently recognizing that I need, I need more, right? Like I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Lord, you got to, you got to fix me over here because, you know, I got problems, mm -hmm. you know. We know them. Yeah. I got a yeah. lot of problems. We've seen them. You know. <laughs> we uh, got 300 episodes, bro. <laughs> Everybody knows so this. So in my, my, my family, we love uh, these things called glory stories. Oh, They're yeah. just stories oh, yeah. about the saints put out by holy heroes. Ho um, highly recommend. Highly recommend. There's also another kids. podcast that we just discovered called Saints Alive. Mm. Um, it's a, it's very similar in like production. Catholic, Catholic Sprouts is also Production one. quality, yeah. Um, and there's also like... Uh, saints for kids or something but these are podcasts so like you, you can just download them and listen to them for free but anyway during in one of the holy uh glory stories on maximian colby in there uh maximian colby says this line it's just part of the story i don't know that he actually ever said it but that like oh he's telling our lady look how uh you know my uh, my own efforts are so weak mm. you know if i don't have you know, grace to and so just that line um I end up listening to a lot of them, mm -hmm. which is, I love them, yeah. but you know, they're, they're for the kids, but right. I'm over like, yeah, can we listen I to another that. one, honey? You know? <laughs> yeah. I hit, hit um, rewind on that part. Right, exactly. Listen to this, listen to this. It you won't believe this. One of those, mo like one of those lines that I started thinking about and yeah, like my own efforts yeah. for stuff mm -hmm. are pathetic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if it's 100%. just up to me, I, I realize things just go terribly. Right. Yeah. If all I do is get out of the way, mm -hmm. you know, and surrender it, it's like, wow. That was, a, that was a win. Yeah. Now, well, we want to make sure that we understand that that doesn't mean that some, Aquinas is saying that we shouldn't pray for others, right? Yes. We have the duty and the responsibility to yes. pray, Good for, point. For, Good pray point. for others. But he's just talking about the merits of your own self, uh, of your salvation, right. and not necessarily of others. They may not be disposed to, right. to receive those graces. Different order of authority there, yeah. So we have the duty and responsibility to be praying for others as well. So we'll be right back. Since the earliest centuries, Catholics have been called to sanctify the home by making it a little church. Family meals, shared gathering spaces, and the most mundane tasks, all of these are to be taken up into the higher dimension and bathed in prayer. But in the modern world, it is easy to lose sight of this fact and shape our homes around the latest consumer trends. In Living Beyond Sunday, the Niles and Minahan families take the mystery and guesswork out of the domestic church, showing you how to sanctify your home simply, wisely, and practically. Every Catholic family should own a copy of this book. That endorsement is from Sam Guzman, the Catholic gentleman. Go check out our new book that we have out by Ascension Press, ascensionpress.com, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Robert Williams. Seminarian of God. For the best diocese in the world. That's right. We said that even last week. The Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma, y'all. We really are a great diocese. I mean, yeah. like, we've... We're blessed. Like, we, I we was really at the... Uh, well, Adam and I, we were both at the seminarian dinner. You were there at the seminarian. I was there. I mean, you're a seminarian. You kind of had to be Had there. to be. But, you know, that's just like one of those events that's so great to go. Is you know... Like, wow, we are really, we're doing so many things right here in the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. We're so Feel free, to move. Feel free to move here anyway. Right. Uh, I mean, if you're Orthodox, this is the place for you. <laughs> if you are not, you are going to love California. Yeah. Oh. oh, I was going to say Oklahoma City, but. 
<laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. It's a great place. They're a great second place. Yeah. That not is the famous joke. Not everybody can win. That's the famous joke. That is the famous I mean, joke. Not as think, charitable as Do you think they tell that joke in Oklahoma City? I'm sure they do. They must, yeah, if right? You, if you mess up, we'll send you to Tulsa. We'll send you to oh, Tulsa. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. But they don't believe it when they say No, they all know. They all know. No, we can't go there. <laughs> Oh, it's great. The grass really is greener. It is. On the other side here in green country. That's right. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So we're talking about the four things that it's like, if you have a prayer that meets these four conditions, you can know, according to St. Thomas Aquinas Day, we're recording on the Feast of St. Dominic. So it's appropriate that mm-hmm. we're talking about it's a right Dominican, right? Mm-hmm. So he says- I would say it'd be fitting. It is fitting. It is fitting. Um, that if, you ha- if your prayer meets these four conditions, you can be a certain- that God will answer it. Mm-hmm. One being that it has to, uh, the first one that has to be necessary for your salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we just talked about it has to be for yourself. Now, not to be confused with the, that you shouldn't be praying for others, but uh, in this context, he's talking about for yourself. Right. Then the next one he's talking about is you have to do it piously. Now, that one was interesting to me. Um, there's a lot of things that come to my mind when, when, when talking about like doing it piously because right. then you, you're thinking, okay, so should I just break a bunch of glass and go kneeling down on, on my knees for four hours mm. and do it as... as, as that as, could be a very prideful thing to do, though. Yeah, absolutely it could, yeah. Um, so you know, because you're thinking about like, oh... Look I'm, what I'm doing. I'm so pious, yes. you know. Right, right. so, so what, is, what were your thoughts? What was the first thing that came to your mind whenever you, uh, you approached that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely, at least for me, the word pious, which it shouldn't, but I think in the age that at least I was raised, it tends to immediately... Wait, was that an old... Were you making fun of us that we're older than you? Is that what... No, like, no, no, like, indirectly. Like, at least yeah. like... Uh, uh, a little age, slip, the genera- slip of the, <laughs> the tongue. The generation that I grew up slip in. Slip of the tongue. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not... Oh, you're right. Okay, not that much <laughs> younger than you. Um, but I think, or at least in, in the church today, how about that? In the church today... Fair enough. For all, for all of us, we're all welcome in this space. <laughs> yes. Um, I'd say pious, like to hear that word piety sort of has a negative connotation almost, I think for men especially, because it seems kind of effeminate maybe, or uh-huh. like, kind of, oh, pious? Like, I don't want to be pious. Like, I want to be dangerous for the kingdom. Or like, I, what do you mean pious prayer? Is that sitting around just praying rosaries right, all day? It's like uh, neutered masculinity yeah, it's kind of like, or meh, like, ugh, this, I'm not interested in that. Um, but especially like when you read the definition that he talks about, which is that it's honoring or giving right worship to God. So it's just relation to God in our mm-hmm. prayer. So it's coming to that prayer with a proper understanding of God is God and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And that informing the way you pray. So to let that really saturate your um, disposition in your prayer so that you're constantly going back to, you know, I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Father, if it's your will, like let this cup pass for me, but not my will, your will be done. And even mm-hmm. where he talks about the Our mm-hmm. Father being the perfect prayer, I think a good prayer, a pious prayer in this sense is always going back to what is true. The reality is God's in control and I'm honoring and worshiping him. My prayer should be reverencing the facts of reality, which is he's God and I'm not. So that's kind of the first thing, at least for me, that came to mind. Because a lot of times when I start praying for things, I can just get in my head and I'm just like talking to myself and really I'm just kind of like doing my agenda of all the things I want to see or get done this week. But no, no, to go back and let the Holy Spirit reconvict me and orient my prayer in a posture of praise, worship, and reverence. And I think that's a more kind of masculine because it's a little more active idea of how to be pious in prayer. It's a reassertion of my heart and mind to God. Um, yeah, that's what, at least mm-hmm. for me, that's what mm-hmm. came to mind. Mm-hmm. When I yeah, when I first read that, I, I kind of said, duh. Mm. You know, like, 
you can't pray. If, if your prayer is not pious, then you're actually not praying. Mm. You're deceiving yourself, possibly, you know, like, oh, I'm praying, you know, but really you're just inflating your own pride, mm-hmm. right? So piety and pride are uh, on the opposite sides of the coin. I know, like, really the, the virtue that is most opposite of pride is right. humility, but, but piety and humility are very close relatives. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like, the, how do you how do you have piety? Well, you have humility. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, it's recognizing God's God and I'm not. But the same, you know, you can have piety towards your nation, your country, yeah. recognizing kind of a that reverence. I have received so like so much from the nation, from the forefathers who came before me, from right. the mm-hmm. like the people who built my community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have piety in that way. And so without piety. It, you just yeah. you're just being prideful. Yeah, and it's just kind of like moralistic, intellectual ego stroking. I'm just like stuck in my own head, right. and just like mm. thinking about my problems, my I'm life. I'm so faithful. I'm so faithful. I, Look I, at me. I, I kneel. Oh, oh another I'm person praying. walked in the chapel. They noticed I'm here. Oh, good. How I'm great. Oh, right. good. I'm not slouching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm glad because I'm not a slouch. You right. Know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. So I think, and that, like everybody has, everybody has. When you're praying, like you're gonna have moments where these sure. thoughts cross your mind mm-hmm. and it's just so annoying yeah right uh you just have to learn to reject them surrender them and mm-hmm. like sometimes i realize the lord wants you to deal with something mm-hmm. uh you know like a lot of the saints have talked about in the middle of mass having these like terribly graphic like thoughts appear to them and it's they're not it's not them yeah right it's just a temptation that yep. they're just something that for whatever reason the lord like wants them to have to kind of deal with it sure. uh, as a pen, as a small penance. Or even it's not, or, I mean, the Lord might allow it. It might not even be the Lord. It could be the evil right. one. could be just well, your own uh, image from a past experience. Right. Your passive will. Thank you. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, not his active will. Because Sorry, I Lord, go to the Angelicum. I won't let any right. of that shenanigans <laughs> fly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. As we know, the Lord doesn't tempt anybody, right? <laughs> but he allows us to be tempted. Right. But, yeah. uh, the, so piety is... It's essential. If you don't have piety, you're not really praying. Yeah, I think it, you have to take it seriously, right? So religion is the subvirtue of justice. You right. had mentioned, like you know, giving due to what to um, those who who um, are giving to each their just due. Or they're, they're, yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, and and prayer is part of religion, right. and so we should take prayer very seriously if this is something we want to grow in virtue. So prayer is obviously a virtue that has to be formed. And so if we're going to do it well and, and do it piously, we have to understand you know, where we are in prayer, what we're supposed to be doing, not letting distractions uh, uh, negate our prayer. Even Aquinas says that it's actually a sin to willfully allow yourself to be distracted in prayer, mm. not being distracted like what you were just talking about, where it, was, it just brought up to you weren't right. realizing it. But if you are in prayer and you think about other things, and you willfully allow that thought to take place in prayer, it is a sin. Why is that a sin? That almost seems like, wow, that's being a little harsh. But no, 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 it's because we should be taking prayer seriously. Right. Are we looking at, at prayer as the relationship with God, allowing Him to uh, you know, love us and conform our will to His, or are we just trying to go through the motions like you were saying yeah. and not uh, do it in a respectful, reverent, pious way? Right. And one thing I'll say with that, just for anyone who's a little scrupulous, like it's, uh, yeah. intention, object, circumstance, right? So if right. I have a distraction come in my head, the moment that I'm kind of participating in that as like a potential sin and venial sin is all it'd be, is when I recognize it for what it is completely and then say, yep, I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm going to dwell on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you notice it in that moment, 
it can become actually a, a tinder for the fire of prayer. Right. You can take that and present it to the Lord. Oh, I'm concerned about my wife or an anxiety about work. Oh, have a healthy curiosity. Right. I love that term in regard to like what's going on in my interior life. Just kind of be like, oh, where'd that come from? That's interesting. And then bring it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Or the image I like to use a lot is just bringing my distraction and placing it in the sight of Christ. And be like, Lord, you take this. There's mm -hmm. enough right. blood poured out. You've saved the world. Like I can give this to you. I can trust this to you. So just that right. idea of like, yeah. okay, every thought isn't, immediately a sin but it's like okay i notice it it's taking me away from prayer and i'm choosing to participate in that anyway yeah yeah that's a great distinction yeah that, that that's for sure let's get to number four before we run out of time number four okay number four is where to go where to go oh it is uh do it uh perseveringly yep fortitude um, fortitude this is yeah this is for this is the saint monica praying for for you know saint augustine for 30 years mm. um just continually you know uh continually going back to our Lord, begging for it. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. It just kind of follows out of the first three, right? Is whenever I'm praying for something, it's really something on my heart. If it's a sincere prayer, it's going to be something that comes up over and over again. Mm -hmm. And to not get discouraged um, in, in maybe a temptation to think, God doesn't want this to happen or God doesn't love me. And again, that's never of the Lord, you know, and there's never like a, if you're experiencing a distrust in that, like, oh, I'm praying for this all the time and it's not happening. Well, then maybe that's the Lord inviting you to like reevaluate how you're relating to as like a transactional thing or the relational aspect being actually needed to be grown and increased in you. And so to not grow, give into discouragement because discouragement is mm -hmm. never of the Lord. You right. know, that's never of the Lord. Right. And this is what he, they're saying. Like also, just because it's being answered doesn't mean it's in your time. Right. Right. You know, so this is why. It goes back it, to the Leo or, uh, example with, right. your, with your son. Right. It's like. It just because you might not be giving your son exactly what he's asking for right now doesn't mean you don't love him. Mm -hmm. It means that right. you see the whole picture. A great analogy I like for this is like color and black and white. We tend to like make judgments about color in regard to like God having the fullness of vision. He's like living in the most full vivid color because he's being itself. We live in a kind of black and white world where you can notice shades and hues of, of color existing, but you can kind of only know it by analogy. We never really understand the essence of color in our black and white world on this side of heaven. So there's a way that we need to be careful about making judgments or like blaming God for something because we don't see the whole picture. We really only get certain amount of black and white on this side of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be okay with and surrender that like, I don't know the plan mm -hmm. and I trust you, Lord. I trust you. And you know, Christ, he tells several parables about persistence in prayer. Yeah. I mean, he's very specific about it, you right. know? And once again, prayer is always about really putting us in right relationship with Christ, not the other way around. And 100%. so sometimes I think the Lord wants us just to pray for something over and over and over again, not because he wants us to like pray harder, but because he wants us to come to a deeper reality of, of the need that he's going to answer with it, you know, in that prayer. Yeah. Okay, so if you're listening on the radio right now, go check us out on thecatholicmanshow.com. We're, We're going to keep talking about this. Great. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. That was great. Yeah. Oh, you need I'm gonna some have more. To, I'm going to have to revisit, revisit. I'm going to revisit the Wyoming whiskey. Okay, very good. Uh, okay, so yeah, so I, th I think perseverance, like perseverance in prayer is is um, possibly, well, I don't know if it's the hardest, but it is very difficult. It's definitely not the hardest. Yeah, that's what... Well, it depends on what you're persevering in. Like, I think just persevering in prayer is the hardest part yep, of prayer. It's say. not like, oh, I'm going to pray for this again. Right. Uh, it's once you get actually there, praying again, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. If you bring your heart to prayer, those things come out. The hard thing right. is the, you know... 
okay, it's like Thursday night and it's a long week and I got to get up again earlier for the fifth time in a row before the kids to like get 20, 30 minutes of prayer in. Am I really going to do it? Uh, like that's the moment of perseverance, right. frankly. That's mm -hmm. like the harder thing. I think at least for me, not that I have right. kids, but that if, for me, it's that moment of like three in the afternoon. Maybe I didn't get a whole holy hour in in the morning. I've got a paper to finish and I have this moment of, should I go to pray or should I get this work done? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm going to go pray. And like choosing that, that's yeah. the perseverance space that's hard for i think us at least in our age where it's like we're so distracted we yeah. got so many things that are vying for our attention mm -hmm. so if i don't pray first thing in the morning the, the chances happen, of that prayer actually happening are about half a percent mm -hmm. and like a lot of it is at the time seems very legitimate like well my daughter needs me like i have a vocation to her right uh the thing is i robbed christ this morning mm. of the time when they were asleep you know, mm -hmm. and like they do have needs. It's like, what am I supposed to tell them? Like, no, uh, I can't help you go to the bathroom because right. I need to go pray. You know, it's, I mean, it's like that's kind of an unfair analogy because, yeah. you know, like you should stop praying if they yeah. need to go to the bathroom. But anyway, uh, I was thinking about prayer, just like what's, what's the essence of prayer? And one of my favorite things, you know, because prayer is this union with God, right? It's this foretaste of heaven um, and I remember growing up hearing all these people talk about, oh, it's prayer is like the the lifeblood of, you know, of your spiritual life. It's like whatever that means. Right. Um, and as I've grown in my own prayer life, I've started to come to an understanding of what that means. And it's something that you can't really, it's like, yeah, I get why you think that. Like it does seem stupid, but it also is just the very truth. And so as I was praying, one of my favorite things to do when I first start praying is just kind of take this mental image as if like I am St. John mm. just resting my head on mm. Christ and like Beautiful. just letting him hold me. Yeah. Right? Um, and just like resting. You know, like like my son, like my two-year-old son does to oh, me. God. You know? That's and great. that is just, uh, that's my favorite. And sometimes I'll sit there the whole time. for like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Just like doing that. And, you know, I'll realize like, oh, I only have like 20 minutes. I have some other things I need to talk to you about, Jesus, you know? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh I fell asleep here, Lord. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but like to me, that is the essence of prayer, is just that, because re really when the I- The wasting time with God? It's, yeah, for prayer is, is a rest. Yeah. It's, it's a leisure, and uh, it's refreshing. Yes. Um, and the other, the other parts of it are there's a work- that there's a labor involved in praying, yeah. but mm -hmm. that relationship itself, what's its essence, is just this beautiful, restful union. But any relationship that we have, even here on earth, requires a lot of sure. work. Oh, and, yeah. And, it, and the more but, work you put into the it, the more rewarding it becomes. The earthly well. relationships mm -hmm. don't have that restfulness, that that union with God does. Sure. It's not, it didn't have, to, it didn't have, it's not a divine being. Exactly. Right. Yeah, right. I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, I, that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed that one. Right. Yeah. Your wife's not God. That's yes. safe assumption. Right. Yeah. Close, real close, maybe. She's, I mean, she's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's not God. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the other thing that strikes me always with, uh, prayer is I feel like we don't give ourselves, and this is kind of what I was saying earlier in the show too, with a healthy curiosity, we, and I love this. My old rector at my last seminary, Father Mason, would always say, pray as you can, not as you can't. And because you, if, you, if you aren't, all gifts are received from another. 
Mm-hmm. And we tend to forget that. And we, send, we tend to like put so much emphasis on like what I bring to the table and how I, what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do this, then this, this, this. And it's going to, God's going to show up. And it's like, but all the best moments of your relationship with God are totally a surprised gift. Like it's something I didn't expect or create. And what makes it so sweet is that I know with certitude that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And so it's so funny how then we tend to still emphasize me and my ego and my efforts in our prayer. And I think a big conviction that I have is that we all, and especially lay people, could give themselves more permission to pray in the way that is reality. Like, let it be what it is. Like, if you have a prayer time and your whole time you're just resting on the chest of Christ, that's beautiful. And mm-hmm. don't feel guilt about, well, I didn't do the, you know, I had resolved to do always my prayer, this, then, this, then, this, then, devotional, or do this Lexio right. or whatever. Adoration, right. contrition, Thanksgiving. Right, right. my R, you know, prayer, right. whatever, <laughs> like A-R-R, you know. It's like, well, what if you just surrendered even the fruit of your prayer? Like, what what makes you think you have the right to judge the fruitfulness of your own prayer? Yeah, well. You really don't. Yeah. Like, you're not God. And so why don't we trust that he's doing in us what he's desperate to do? And, you know, yeah, you talk with a spiritual director or you work through, there's definitely seasons or times where you need, like, tangible answers from Christ. But most of it is just being with him and receiving. And so letting it be whatever Christ is stirring in your heart and not getting so consumed with well, but I read this book and St. Bridget prayed this way and I read this other book and like Thomas Aquinas prayed that way, so I need to pray like that. It's like, well, holiness is that, and this is, uh, Father Gregory Pine said this once, it stuck with me, like, holiness is the secret place between you and God. So why would you surrender that by trying to imitate someone else's? Yeah. Like, just let it be the way God wants to relate to you. And you can go to extreme and be like, well, that means I can do whatever I want. Like, my prayer is... There are no you know, rules! My prayer is going to an Oklahoma State football game. It's yeah. like, okay, now you're being a little unreasonable Exactly. Here, like, know? when Come people on. say, like, well, I find God in nature. It's like, well, you're going to hell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> God is in nature, but because he created it. That's a cop-out, sir. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. There's definitely cop-out excuses. You can, you can, Christ is definitely found in nature. Yes, don't you can go. Get, I don't love backpacking. A good backpacking trip is good for the soul, but. But you don't get to cut corners. That's right. Okay. That's right. So. You know where he is? He's in the Eucharist. Yeah. All right. Well, that's another big thing. The ordinary means. This has been another thing that struck me a lot, like. Everyone can be a mystic, and I'm really convinced of that. Every lay person, everyone. Mm-hmm. God's calling all of us to be a mystic. Because a mystic is just someone that has reached a capacity of being so available to the Lord that they're always dialoguing with him about everything throughout right. the day. And that's something possible whether you're changing a diaper or like raising the Eucharist at the Mass. Because he calls us all to heaven. Right. And that's all it is. That's what it's it is. It's beginning right. to receive the communion in heaven now. We all have the potential. 100%. For mystical union. 100%. Because we're totally all going to go to heaven, hopefully. Right. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I thought you were going to keep did, talking. Yeah, about but it. I totally lost it. Welcome okay. to the Catholic Mansion. Yeah, yeah, he exactly. does this. T- he does I do this it a lot. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it was a great point, though. Yeah, dude. I'm glad <laughs> I got to share well, it, it with one you. Of those, it was supposed to be a mystery. It's just going to be a mystery. It's going to float around out there. We'll never know what it was. Well, okay, so here's here's a question. For, so so the guys who are sitting there, okay, I, I, I understand. Uh, I, I'm willing, I want to take my, my prayer life more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would you advise them? Aha. This is great. This literally just triggered the thought I had, and this is the answer. Ordinary means. What would you advise them? Ordinary means. And this is having the humility to receive the sanctity God's trying to give you in the means he established in his church. The Eucharist, confession, scriptures, um, you know, anointing of the sick if you're sick, you know, like the normal seven sacraments, the means that the church has been given by God. Um, there's something about that, that are we humble enough to receive sanctification in the ordinary that God has given us? Because they're actually extraordinary. 
Mm-hmm. Once we begin to really understand what the Eucharist, you know, who's there, who it is that we're receiving, and in confession, who it is that's forgiving us, it really becomes the hunger of my soul. I mean, that's been my experience of the Eucharist. I remember going to Mass as a little kid and being kind of like, oh, this is boring. But now it's like, gosh, I can't think of anything more refreshing than going to Mass and receiving the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And that's letting the wisdom of 2,000 years of the Church, the stability of the Church's normative means of salvation to form your heart, to form Mm -hmm. your conscience, to form your soul, to where you start to hunger and thirst for the normal means of salvation. So then obviously I do think that another essential thing is praying with scripture every day. I mean, just because that's God's word. Besides the Eucharist, that's such a place to encounter Christ and to spend a little bit of time, even if it's just 15 minutes in the morning. I mean, I really believe that morning is the time to pray. Some people say, oh, I'm not a morning person. I'm thinking, well, yeah, maybe you find to grow in some virtue. Yeah, and, you probably find <clears throat> God in nature, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy who finds God in nature. Yeah, 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 that's right. You're going on a nature walk at night, smoking, <laughs> smoking not a cigar. not a morning person. Yeah. Nobody's a morning person. Yeah. What do you think we're we doing? We all want to stay in bed. We yeah, all want to exactly. stay in bed. Yeah. Come um, on. Hundred percent. But then I'd say the second most important thing is an examination. And I've found for me at least, mm. because if you aren't recollecting what God has done and how you have or haven't responded to what God's been trying to share with you throughout the day, then you just lived another day and it's forever gone in the ether of, oh yeah, that was that year of life that I don't remember much. But when you take even five minutes, God is so hungry to form you to be a holy man of God that if you take even five minutes at the end of the day to ask God, what'd you do today? Will you remind me? What were graces you gave me? What were ways I grew and responded to your grace? What were ways I fell short? He'll show you. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have a habitual pattern of that, you'll see over time where you're growing and you'll be able to rejoice with God. Like you'll, you know, you'll be like, wow, I've grown in patience this year. This has been amazing. Um, It's so funny though. You don't notice it happening. Right. Like that's the way a prayer life is too. You know, you don't, it's not like, oh, today I broke the four minute mile. Right. Like, you know, there's no like, Right. noticeable measurable things it just happens it just and happens all of a sudden you wake up and you realize like i'm just i like i have acquired some strength 100 i don't know when it yeah. got here but i have it thank yeah. you god yeah and then the one thing i'd say too is i think i'm a big fan of one thing like i try and take a year like for every year it's like what's the thing this year lord and like really pray toward the end of the year what's the thing lord that i need to grow in this year um, for me, the end of the year tends to be end of the school year, not the new year, but I really take time to try and pray. Like, what's the one area, mm-hmm. you know? So like last year for me, it was like meekness. And I remember even the time of prayer where that came up, it was kind of like, oh, well, what even does that mean? I got to go look that up, you know? And having to take some time, but then begging the Lord in prayer, like give me the gift of meekness and trying to grow in one specific area rather than I think we get overwhelmed because Satan will bring to mind every area we need to grow in. And then we're like discouraged. I'll never be a good dad or husband. I'll never be a good priest because I'm not good at all the things. It's like, well, who asked you to do that? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> like, God's want to give you one little gift now. Like, receive that one gift. And if you do that every year, I mean, if you grew in 65 virtues, like right. one, one virtue a year, be a pretty holy man. You know? And he's like, are you disappointed in your five-year-old because he's not good at filing his taxes? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like, no. It's like, calm down. There'll be right. time for that. Yeah. Right. He yeah. doesn't own a Fortune 500 company by 12. Like, give him a chance. He hasn't even hit puberty yet, you know? Right. So this weekend, I made a, a like a new resolution for myself in my prayer life, actually. When I come home, I wear a suit to work. So I got to go upstairs. Every day, I have to go home and change, right? Yeah. Um, so when I change, I'm going to take 10 seconds mm. as I'm le- you know, like, I put on new clothes and pray uh, just kind of like ref- reflect on my day just as a like Thanksgiving, thanking the Lord for that day of work. Um, because that's like an area I'm, I'm, I'm weak at is mm-hmm. like that recognition that 
the work I have is a is my path, one of my paths, part of my path right. to salvation, mm. right? And that I should be embracing the work, especially the parts I don't like, as like, oh, you want penance? This is it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, fasting is good, like taking on extra things, but you know what? God gave you a vocation. Right. And uh, living that way. Well, Are you running from those with your Right, penances? exactly. Like, oh, instead of uh, like doing this work, I think I'm going to go um, like maybe flog myself. Right. You know, because that's better. I would rather do that than fill out, you know, the cover sheet on the TPS reports or whatever it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know what you mean, but, but it's, yeah. it's from office It's a, it's office a generational space. thing. It's, yeah, it's right. It's an old guy thing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. The seven years between us? That's part of that. That's <laughs> part of it right there. <laughs> but, uh, that makes you feel old. Right, that it does. But old. so like, I'm going to take 10 seconds, 20 seconds. It's not like I'm going to be like there for even... Sure. 10 minutes yeah right yeah. it just a like a, a check-in mm-hmm. and so and i think that it's going to help me my my, my hope mm-hmm. is that it helps me a uh, be appreciative for the work that i've done that day take a second to reflect and kind of practice the habit of um yeah. habit of ref- reflection specifically in my work because mm-hmm. that's that's something that i really need to be better at 100 percent. yeah there's so the so two things that i uh, that has helped. That has helped me. From I think a holy priest has uh, to- told me this is uh, ask the Lord to desire to pray more. Wow. You know, because that's a grace, right? So the, even the desire to want to pray more it's is a prayer a, hack. Is, is a there grace, are definitely right? prayer hacks. Yeah, that's um, one of them. Because there's there was time. You know, there's there was a time in my life where you know when you're when you're really trying to get into the virgin, like when you're trying to form your habits and you're 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 trying to become that uh, you know uh, that virtuous man. It's hard. Like there are a lot of things you you, you have to surrender. You you have to die to yourself. You don't want to do it anymore, um, and you don't want like you're not seeing any fruits of it. And I hate I hate dying to. I mean like right? that's the worst. Yeah, but if you die before you die, then you won't die when you die. I know, but that's you know I'd rather put it off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll worry about that next month. Right. Um, so so that's one thing is I, I praying I, for that desire. Praying for yeah, the desire. I like that. And then also at the beginning of your prayer, ask our blessed mother to take the prayer, to purify the prayer, pr- prayer, and to present it to our Lord as a perfect offering. Yeah. Because then she takes all the things that you suck at and takes it all out, and then another prayer hack, basically. you know, yeah. She yeah. she takes it and purifies it and makes it uh, pure to present to our Lord. Mary mm-hmm. is definitely the biggest prayer hack. Yeah. Yeah. Like if she is. So I, like, so <laughs> Pasco it, collect $400. Right. <laughs> exactly. Not 200. Right. 400. 400. So if you're, if you're struggling, like trying to, to get into prayer, I think two, two things that always come to my mind is like pray for the desire to want to pray more hmm. and then ask our mother to help you. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Beautiful. So my last question, Robert, yep. is like, what is for somebody out there, I'm just thinking about myself several years ago. <laughs> Who, Back like, when you were my age? Yeah. Well, no, because no, that long ago, I would not have said this about myself. But, you know, I prayed every day and I thought like, oh, I have a prayer life. Right. And like just looking back at myself just a handful of years ago, like I realized now I actually didn't have a prayer life. Yeah. Even though I was spending time in prayer every day, saying prayers, Yeah. Um, I wasn't spending that it was had no quiet time, right? I would like I had devotions. I would say right all the time, every day, right? And I was devoted to them, but and that actually helps you habituate yourself towards did. prayer. Yeah, I mean, you it, know, was, so that, it wasn't that, absolutely nothing, right? But I actually it tilled the soil, pray. but it tilled the soil 
in order for you to have that conversation because you've you developed that habit of, of taking the time out of your day to pray and be persevere in prayer even whenever you weren't probably wanting certainly to. I'm, and I'm grateful for it yeah so but I don't I, think you should belittle that no 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 but um I want I want to strive for the, I think you know, we all should for the best yeah sure. what is the like the essentials or the essence of ha- like how do you know if someone has a prayer life or not like because I'm sure yeah. and I hope and in five years, I look back on myself now, and I say the same thing. Like, I realized, like, I wasn't even praying. Right. You know, I didn't even float at yeah. all when I prayed. <laughs> I didn't have to tie myself in down. One then. spot. Right. I was in one spot right. the whole I, time. Like, I couldn't even. I, I was back when I used stairs to get up to the second right. floor. I couldn't even try locate. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I mean that's a good question. I I would agree with what Adam said to some degree that it's never healthy to go back and judge yourself in the past by the standards of now. Like mm-hmm. we all are in a process of growth in our relationship with the Lord and the very, you know, capacity that you had at that time might've just been that. And if he would have hit you with a two by four of the way that you're communing with him now in prayer, it might've just it been was, too much. No, it was just because of my many sins. Yeah, or that I mean, too, right? And needing like, right into root out. I was know, just really bad. Sin. Yeah, yeah, or just it's, different things. It's me. Okay, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Well, I will say it's he, me, not me. you, he Lord. Doesn't and I have have I'm not saying that pridefully. I'm just saying it honestly. It was <laughs> right. just me. There's okay. no potential for evil or sin in God. So yeah, it was always you. It <laughs> has been. It was still <laughs> you. No. It's but not you. It's it's me. It's me. No, it's me. It's just always me. But I would say that yeah, never to judge that standard because it's all a process. And I think it's actually a testament to our ego being replaced by Christ's own heart um because the closer you get to god the simpler prayer becomes or at least that's been my experience mm. the closer you get to god the less you think of yourself or make judgments about yourself or your prayer because you're just focused on the lord and actually the less you say and the less like material you need for like stimulating the prayer yeah i mean there's seasons of prayer still for me where i'll have like a desolate season and i'm like you know what i just need to do some spiritual reading to kind of charge me a little bit because i'm just i'm struggling but i think that it's never helpful to like think about the standard of the past. And that, again, it's a moment of surrender and say, Lord, I trust that whatever graces I need, whatever kind of prayer life I need for my salvation, you'll provide it when I need it. And to just entrust that to the Lord and say, I trust you and, and not get so consumed about, am I, where am I on the journey? Because that's actually, I would say kind of a modern way to see it as this like linear progression of like, I started here and then I got here. I mean, there is something we need to actively make space for God, but it's much more about, um, God drawing us up into himself. I mean, he's doing the work. And this is where I go back to Mary. She's taught me so much because I really was not a fan of Mary. I mean, that sounds crazy and scandalous, but like in the sense of devotions, I didn't really like to pray the rosary growing up. And I remember the first time I kind of met the Blessed Mother where I was praying, it was at Kenrick Glennon Seminary. And she, I was just lamenting, like, everyone says priests have to have a relationship with Mary. I don't really know you. I don't really get it. How am I supposed to talk to you? Like, why isn't Jesus enough? Kind of this, like, wrestling with it. And she, like a good Jewish mother, like, grabbed me by the side of the face and kind of said, like, I'm not the rosary. And there was this clear moment of, like, oh, oh, okay. Like, it's just, it's a person. You're a person just like Jesus. My relationship with Jesus is my relationship with you. And what she's taught me is that you aren't doing any, you don't have to really do much to pray well. It's a fiat. It's her fiat. It's just saying yes. And I love this idea that I kind of had that popped in prayer when I was talking with her about like, how do we relate to the Lord? It was this idea of fiat forward. And what I mean by that is face the angel Gabriel kind of thing. It's like the only part that's on me is to like face, where's God? Like make space, like let me face the right direction. And then I say yes. I don't have to do much more than that. And that's what Mary's 
response to reality is. How did Mary present herself to God? How did Mary ponder life? How did she go and walk about life? And she really teaches us how to not over try, you know, mm-hmm. or overexert ourselves. So I would just say be patient and don't get so consumed about that. Um, because yeah, in five years you will look back and be like, wow, my prayer was pathetic. And that's okay. That's okay because you're yeah. being replaced by Christ's own heart. And uh, Christ didn't think about himself like that, you know? So it's a, it's a process. And it's that's, not our, that's definitely us. true. Uh, I think that's a wise response. There is also like there, are, I forget what, what we called them at uh, Curcio, maybe mechanical mics. It doesn't really matter. But you know, there's people out there who they pray and they, they I think they deceive themselves in thinking that they have a prayer life. They only pray when they are in need of something, right? Right. And that's not really a prayer life. In God. That, yeah, exactly. That does not constitute. A prayer life. It's good to pray in those moments. You right. need to pray in those moments, but you should. You're not. Ha- you don't have a really relationship. Right. God wants more. Right. Exactly. Wants he wants more. all of you. Yeah. He wants. He wants way more. And on what you said about Mary, I read this great book, "The Life of Mary as Seen by the Mystics." Oh yeah. I've talked. I talk about it all the time. I feel like, but in there, you just get this great insight into what was Mary thinking at different moments of her life. You know, like. What, she had anxiety about certain things. And you come to realize, it doesn't say this word for word in the book, but basically when Mary was praying for something, it was always, show me how. Yeah. Like, that. it seems like that was her, her basic response. It was mm-hmm. never like, oh, Lord, give me this, please. Because she wouldn't presume that that's what the Lord wanted for her. It was just always, show me how, Lord. You know, like, oh. Uh, for instance, there was this one, t- uh, you know, when right before Joseph had the dream about going to Egypt, uh, an angel apparently, according to the mystics, you know, private revelation, but had visited Mary and said, Mary, you are to go to Egypt. Okay, and then uh, the night before, Joseph says, tomorrow we're going home to Jerusalem. And Mary was like freaking out inside because like, uh, she's not going to, what she... She's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. Right. Is she going to disobey Joseph? Right. Or the angel? Like, yeah. neither of those are good options. And so then the next morning, Joseph wakes up has, you know, after having a dream and says, actually, we're going to Egypt, right? right? And so, like, Mary in that moment wasn't saying, Lord, you know, like, you need to tell Joseph. To, it was just, show me how. Right. Show me how. I trust. I know I, you'll, I trust. you'll do just, this. Just, like, I know that you got... And there's so much faith in that. It takes so much faith... Not to like ask for your own solution, right? In the difficult moment, in the difficult moments of life, just to say like, show me how. I love that. Yeah, Robert, man, thanks so much for yeah. coming on, especially on last last minute notice. You you had the fortitude and the courage right. to come on the show last minute. Uh, appreciate it very yeah. much. It was a lot Thank of fun. Thank you guys anything, for having me. Anything else you, uh, you want to let them know? Any books I've written that I want to promote or anything? No, anything? no, no. <laughs> I I mean, I would just ask people to pray for me and pray for all seminarians. Um, it's really obvious, right? We need a generation of men who love Jesus and love him so much to let themselves be totally replaced by his sacred heart. Um, and if we don't have a generation of great men that love the Lord um, and want to serve his people in, in his heart, then we're, uh, we're going to struggle. And so just to pray for us seminarians to not sacrifice the, the, the greater good for the easy good in front of us and that we really let God make us be holy, joyful, happy priests, because uh, that's what we need. We need some great fathers um, that can father all of you. And so to just pray for us, that's all I'd ask, I guess. Yeah. Mm. That was good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> the truth tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.